Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Portal Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruning. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon here in person since Cox Wi-Fi does not want to uh, help us. Today. My Cox Wi-Fi is working, though. Yeah, yours is working, apparently. Apparently, it's just my area that always seems to have outages. So, whatever, we make it work. Here we are in person doing a Portal Podcast. Uh, Billy could not be with us, but... Um, he was here this morning. Yeah, then he was, he's on a long drive. He, he, he made a quick pit stop in Baton Rouge and then uh, has a long drive ahead of him. But yeah, a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, the big news coming yesterday with Omar Spates uh, transferring in to LSU from Oregon State. Um, I have not been able to do my transfer analysis on him yet, but a uh, quick rundown of Omar Spates, what we expect from him, and uh, we can get into that. Well, they said it became very clear that LSU had a needed linebacker, right? Because... You look at the depth chart, just coming into before adding Omar Spates, it was Greg Penn and Harold Perkins, and that's presuming Perkins plays like actual linebacker, yeah, and not linebacker. just like edge rushing. Uh, and then there was Wes Weeks. That was the only three scholarship linebackers back on the team. West Weeks' little brother, Whit Weeks, joins the team as an early enrollee. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of buzz around him, nearly cracked the top 100. It uh, looks like a big-time steal for LSU out of Georgia. And then Christian Braithwaite is their uh, lone other high school signee. So five total scholarship linebackers, only four for the spring. That wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. And they went out and clearly are targeting probably more than one linebacker. But Omar Spates is from Oregon State. He went and visited Bama. Like He went in the portal a week ago, basically, but... Went and visited Bama, LSU, I think A&M was in there, or maybe he was going to A&M, one or the other, but ultimately, shortly after visiting LSU, announces he's committed to the Tigers, and uh, we're looking at his profile here, uh, Matty B's originally from Pennsylvania, moved out uh, to Oregon for his senior year of high school, but started playing right away for Oregon State as a true freshman in 2019, six starts. The next yeah. year, COVID season, Pac-12 has a shortened year. He starts all seven games. In 21, he starts all 13 games. And then this year, starts all 13 games again and lands all Pac-12 first team, 80-plus tackles to lead the team. Yep. You couldn't draw up, I don't think, a better... Like, you can't go in the portal and just do a creative player and be like, all right, uh, no. now I've got another Harold Perkins. But and, this gives you a guy for a year. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about whenever, I think it was like two or three weeks ago when we were looking at... Linebackers in the portal is like, all right, I think his name was Nick Alexander from Virginia. Oh, uh, Jackson. Yeah, Nick Jackson. And he's still in because he can't go anywhere until the summer. Yeah, so I was like, you got him, who's obviously an all-ACC caliber player. And then after that, it was like, who else? And then we saw some names kind of trickle in over the past week or two. And you're like, okay, maybe they make sense. But, I mean, you look at Spate's resume, and I feel like this is this is along the lines of like a Jarek Bernard Converse. You know, uh, maybe even Makai Gardner, even though Gardner came from a sm smaller school. It's like, that's the type of player you want just to fill in for a year. And even though the rest of this class, and we've talked previously on the Portal podcast, where it's like they've they've added a ton of players that have multiple years of eligibility. Ultimately, at this linebacker position, you just needed a guy that could come in and play at a high level for one year and then kind of move on from there. Because I think they're going to recruit you know, more linebackers moving forward. But with the group they have right now with Penn, it's just such a young group. Penn, Perkins, Weeks, Weeks. Like, there's not enough experience there. So you couldn't go in and get another second-year guy, in my opinion. 
Where does he fit in here? Because Matt House, the defensive coordinator, runs. He likes to be multiple, but more often than not, that means having two linebackers on the field. Um, yep. Many teams will have more than that. Uh, but they used Harold Perkins a lot as an edge rusher. And do you, as someone who watches all the games and fans, like, yeah. should Perkins stay there? Does Perkins need to become more of a three-down middle linebacker type? Because you could put spades with Greg Penn. You could put yep. spades with Harold Perkins if you want to. Um, what is your kind of immediate gut feel of hearing, oh, wait, they've got a true middle linebacker coming. What does that mean for the rest of the room? I think ideally, and I need to you know watch his tape a bit more, but ideally you would like Spates and, and Penn to be the inside linebackers. And I think if you have Perkins continuing to be that kind of rover linebacker to where he could play Jack, he could – uh, line up on the opposite side of, let's say, a Deshaun Womack or an Ovia Gofu. Like, the pass rush was so elite this past year uh, with Perkins and Ojolari on the field together, and then you had Roy and Wingo and all those guys. If you can replicate that moving forward, I feel like that's I, I that's the ideal situation because you just don't want to limit Harold Perkins. Like, you don't, even though he can be a very good inside linebacker, and inside linebacker might be where he moves let's say in the nfl like we we're still at a spot where lsu needs pass rushers and needs to be elite in in pass rushing in order to open up the rest of their defense you look at what bama did with will anderson and dallas turner kind of putting them both out there on the edges will anderson finishes a year with 17 tackles for loss dallas turner with eight and then you look at what they did with perkins and ojalari perkins finishes a year with 14 tackles for loss ojalari with eight basically identical stats obviously will anderson with a few more tackles yeah. for loss there but also um it's a really good player he's gonna be drafted yeah. in the top five so yeah. is that the is that the goal is to always so. have harold perkins kind of i think rover. he needs to be attacking like i don't think you want perkins reacting and that's not to say and i think that's a diff i think that's different from where perkins was you know early in the season where they were like, he's not comfortable yet in the system and this and that, so we want him just to go and not think. Yeah, go get the ball. Yeah, I think he's going to progress beyond that, but I still think at a fundamental level you want Harold Perkins attacking. You need him getting downhill. And we saw a lot of versus Arkansas, and they probably would have done the same if K.J. Jefferson would have been able to play that day, but it was spying. I mean, it's... Yeah, spying, same thing. You know, I'm going to sit here and just watch you, and the second you try to run, I'm gonna go track you down and that's not the role of an inside linebacker for the most part you know i just think baskerville Penn had different responsibilities and you don't want perkins in that role exclusively i think there could be times where you do plug him in and let's say the inside linebacker spot but i think this addition the addition of spates gives them flexibility that they did not have at all like we've talked about before they had four four five inside linebackers i guess if you include brathwaite uh now they have six would you want them to take more? I think so. I, I, I would. Even though be- only two play? Yeah, I think so because if we do, like I just said, you know, you have Perkins who I think can be a rover type, uh, linebacker, jack, whatever he plays. And we don't know if Brathwaite is, is going to be able to step in and play immediately. I had a little bit of some question marks on him coming out. Um, I just think he's going to be good, but he's not as polished as I think Whit Weeks is. So you have... Whit Weeks, West Weeks, Penn. And we've seen West Weeks. He's yes. a viable backup. Yes, he very viable play. backup. So you have four that I trust right now, and I that doesn't feel like enough. I feel like I would need a fifth in there. Now, it doesn't have Whit to Weeks be— Whit Weeks could be a fifth, right? I mean, 
Well, I'm including Whit Weeks in that. Oh, well, then Omar Spates is right. At, well, Spates, West Weeks, Whit Weeks, and... Um, yeah, I'm looking... Pin. I guess... Yeah, Pin. so you're not including Perkins. Yeah, if I'm saying if we don't include Perkins and don't include Brathwaite, I'm at four inside linebackers that I trust. So um, I think maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be as established of a player as Omar Spates, but I think there's there will be some options that continue to move into the portal that can help them at linebacker just to round out. Because honestly, while I th- I agree with you for the most part, I think Greg Penn gets better, there needs to be improvement. There still needs to, we need to see it no happen. Doubt. So I think you have to have some established depth there that can push Penn in a way that DeMario Tolan did. Right. right. Look, I, th- I like Greg Penn. Uh, Blake yeah. Baker believed in him. He's a good linebackers coach. And Matt House, the same. Had him out there every game. Yeah. Um, we'll see. That's what the offseason is about. Uh, when we look at it, Spates was transfer portal edition number 11. Mm-hmm. 10 of the 11 are on defense. Were you surprised at the disparity there or no because defense, most notably corner and D-line, which is gutted. where they took, yeah. what, one, two, three, four? A lot of them. Yeah, uh, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the 11 editions are D-line and corners. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense considering, you know, Ojolari gone, Roy gone, Gay gone, and then the defensive back, and the cornerback room especially, gutted. Uh, obviously, the surprise of DeMario Tolan leaving put them in a position where you had to go get linebackers. Um, I am, I don't know if I'm surprised is the right word, but they've been, you add guys like Paris Shand and Braden Swenson and Ovia Gofu, who I think are good players, but they are looking at a little bit more depth type piece they're not going to be all a sec type players no doubt in. and so that is going to be interesting to see you add guys like that um how they compete with guys like Savion jones and quincy wiggins because they're not coming in to be immediate stars they're coming in to compete for jobs that maybe they win maybe they don't um i'll give one more shout out here to jordan jefferson who i think is going to be really really good um at defense tackle whenever i do those transfer portal rankings he's going to be probably probably third at this moment behind, you know, Harrison and uh, Anderson. I really like George Jefferson. And we'd heard that, uh, I'd heard from someone that his knee cleanup was a meniscus thing and mm-hmm. that he actually should be okay in a few, you know, couple months or whatever. Spring yeah. ball doesn't start till middle of March. So um, you hope to have him out there for that. Obviously, Deshaun Womack is yes. in a sling and we'll see if he's out there for spring or not. But regardless, he's going to be someone who you want to play early. But Swinson out of Oregon and a Gofu out of Texas are two Jack linebackers that they clearly brought in to get Womack ready, to bridge the gap until Womack, your five-star, yes. is out there and can carry the lion's share of the snaps. You broke down Swinson already. You did a good piece on the site this week on Ovia Gofu out of Texas. Yeah, It felt like Texas fans were like, great kid, all that he's played, but his time's up. He's kind of about to get passed up by some guys. and. That's all fair and good. They could have more depth than LSU has. Fine. Both schools recruit very well. But you shared a bunch of clips and broke him down. He was a little better than I thought he would be. Yeah. He was. He impressed me more. I Not gaudy look, numbers. No, no, no. He only had two and a half sacks last year. I think he had somewhere like five or six tackles for lost. But he played a ton. Like, and he pushes the pocket. Yeah, he started 20 games uh, in the past two over the past two years at Texas. Uh, he was able to bother Bryce Young, bother Max Duggan. Uh, both those games he played a ton in. I was really impressed with um, – he's not the fastest guy. He's not the shiftiest guy at the jack position, but he's strong. He's experienced. And like you said, I think he serves the purpose of 
being a buffer for Deshaun Womack. Maybe Deshaun Womack comes in and starts day one, starts immediately against Florida State. That would be great. If he's not quite ready, you have Ovia Gofu, who's going to be a sixth-year senior and has that type of experience that you can just plug in uh, and play. Do you like him more than Braden Swinson? Who's younger? Swinson's yeah, he's a Swinson's good bit younger. younger. Swinson's younger. Uh, Swinson's more athletic. Uh, yeah, Swinson has a little bit higher upside. Like, I can see why Texas fans would be like, you know, Ovi Gofu had reached his ceiling to a degree. Like, I can see that. Um, he's not this, like, wow-type player that's going to put up six sacks in a season. But he does serve the role, and he serves the purpose of creating that buffer and being a viable option for them at Jack, which... With Swinson and Womack, you were kind of there like, okay, you have two young athletic guys that could be good, but we need to give them a little bit of time. Ogofu gives you, I mean, even more insurance at that position. And here's something to remember. Ogofu played for three years for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. They recruited him, signed him, played him for three years, so they know what they're getting in the locker room, on the field. That's big because you lose those senior, or Gay, Ojolari, and, and Roy, you lose those kind of leaders on the defensive line. So you bring in a guy who should be a leader. No well. doubt. No doubt. And you get back, look, they've got Mason Smith back, Makai Wingo. They've got some really talented defensive linemen. And then guys that were anxious to start to see kind of grow their career, Savion Jones, Quincy Wiggins coming off his freshman season. Um, it'd be fun to watch. Jacoby and Guillory is a veteran yeah. uh, in the mix as a nose tackle with guys like Jordan Jefferson and Jalen Lee. So... Uh, they definitely have upped the depth at D-line and corner, which Brian Kelly said was priority number one. Yeah. 11 total signees, only one on offense, Aaron Anderson out of Alabama, uh, who's going to help him out in the return game as well. But right now they sit at 77 of 85 scholarships filled. I'm only counting initial counters here. And what an initial counter is, is simply put, players who were initially on scholarship when they joined the team. So two guys who started games this year, Josh Williams at running back and Damian Ramos at kicker were walk-ons who were given a scholarship over time. If you include those two, just let's say they're back on scholarship, Mm -hmm. that's still six open spots. So a lot of wiggle room for them. Uh, On offense, 34, 35 guys, if you're including Josh Williams, 39 on defense, and then four on special teams, five if you're including Ramos. But the breakdown on the numbers, 41 players, on scholarship or back. And again, if you include Josh Williams and Ramos, you're at 43. High school signees, 25. Portal additions, 11. And again, putting them at 77. If you add the walk-ons, getting close to 80, but still have five, six open spots left. More, depending on how you want to use it. Yep. Let's shift to what is gone. The first portal, there's two portal windows. Yep. The first is a 45-day window. The second is only a 15-day window, 14-day uh, and it runs right after spring ball when every college wraps up from like May 1st to 15th. So kids after spring can see where they're at on the depth chart or, you know, if they're in like a battle for a position and they don't yeah. like where things are trending, they could enter then. We'll see if that means LSU takes more guys in that window or if LSU has more players leave in that window. But 17 former guy, former players from LSU entered the portal. Walker Howard, uh, let's see, Cardell Thomas is the last one in. So all but three, Cardell Thomas, Desmond Little, who's an edge rusher, and Xavier Carter, another edge rusher, are committed. Those three are not committed anywhere. Everybody else is committed to a school. I will say, people probably hear, damn, you had 17 players enter the portal. That's a lot. Only three of them started games this year. And the three were Jack Besh, who really fell behind at wide receiver, 
Cole Taylor, who got replaced by Mason Taylor at tight mm-hmm. end, and then Cam Wire, who started the very first game at tackle, and from there didn't get it. to play again. It yeah. was the O line shuffled, and he was sort of the odd man out. Uh, he goes to Tulane. Uh, Cole Taylor, the tight end, goes to West Virginia, and Jack Besh, the receiver, to TCU. Everyone else on that list did not start a game this year. Now, there's varying degrees of does it sting, does it not, but it's very clear to me that of the 17 additions, all 17 left because they wanted to have playing time somewhere. I mean, of the 17, you talked about, like, sting, how much it stings. Like, I think there's only one player that you're like, dang, that's dumb. Like, or that was a little surprising, or that might... You're like, dang, you wish he didn't transfer if you're an LSU fan. And I think that's DeMario Tolan. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, I think it has to be DeMario that, Tolan. That, that's, that's the top tier. That's the only one to me. And everybody else, it makes sense. You can see it happening. They might not play next year. Like, the rest of it made sense. The the, Tol- the Tolan one is, in my opinion, the one that you're like, that stings. The rest, I mean, obviously, Walker Howard is a big deal because he was so highly recruited, so highly rated. El, you know, Louisiana quarterback. kid, quarterback, all this stuff. Like, that's happens and that's probably tier two but Tolan is is a tier above for me yeah I think that the best way for me to describe Demario Tolan who went to Auburn so they have to play him now but it's the combination of a that he was a freshman so he had a lot of playing time ahead of him and you could have banked on him but he's the only one of the 17 who was trending towards playing time yes everybody else seemed to either be kind of stuck where they were in the two deep or wherever they kind of were on the depth chart or like the aforementioned few guys who started were starting and then were no longer starters. Yep. While Demario Tolan didn't make any starts, his actual playing time like on the field at linebacker in games that mattered was increasing. So mm-hmm. I would agree that, uh, that that one stings the most. Walker Howard, for me, the goal for LSU had to be at quarterback to get into next season with your two best options. Mm-hmm. And they did. Garrett Nussmeyer and, and Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels announces his return. Nussmeyer obviously is not in the portal, did not enter the portal, will be here for the spring, will battle. I feel like there's so many, and in the age of the portal, I just can't get, I can't freak out about a quarterback, a young quarterback leaving. No. It's going to happen. It, yeah. You're not just going to sit around with three talented quarterbacks on your roster. The two that we actually know what they can do on the field are the two that they kept. And, Jaden has 40-plus starts. Garrett looks like a very viable backup and will compete to play. And obviously, when Jaden's gone a year from now, Garrett is the clear-cut starter. And there's no need to go portal chasing for a guy better than him because he would be one of the best players out in the portal. There, you yeah. know, You're ready to roll with him. I feel like LSU fans are so up in arms over Walker Howard and leaving and being like, oh, he didn't want to compete. Um, he didn't want to sit and wait his turn or whatever. Where's that same energy for Garrett Nussmeyer actually staying and actually competing and actually riding it out maybe three years before he becomes a starter? I just feel like LSU, it's it's misguided for me. If I'm LSU fans, I don't really care about Walker Howard. Yeah. I care a lot more that Garrett Nussmeyer decided to stay. Yes, especially, and that's what we, we're, you mentioned it, the goal of the offseason was to have two of those three quarterbacks pretty much in the room. And when Jaden Daniels, who was the first domino, once he decided he was coming back, then it became Nussmeyer or Howard. And Howard obviously had the much longer path to playing time, which again is why it makes sense that he left. Now he goes to Ole Miss. They bring in Spencer Sanders as well. 
you know, I think it'll be Spencer interesting. Spencer Sanders is Oklahoma State's quarterback, yes. who's a four-year starter. Yes, yes. I remember him at Denton Ryan. He's a great uh, player. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he'll have – Sanders will have one year left. Then it'll be presumably – again, it's hard to predict quarterback battles in the future, but then presumably it would be Howard versus Dart uh, the year after that. If Dart doesn't if leave. If Dart doesn't leave, um, you would assume Howard – but again, Howard's path to playing time makes a little bit more sense there to where he could start in 2024, um, presumably, if you look at that. But um, yeah, that that's, was the interesting one. That's the one that got, got everybody riled up. But ultimately, if you're an LSU fan, you have Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussman on your roster. I mean, there's not many teams in the no. country with a better one-two at quarterback than that. You'll take it. Yes. Um, We'll run you down the list of the 17 yeah. guys so you guys can know where they're headed. Uh, Walker Howard, again, the transfer portal window closed this week, so nobody else can enter until May. But you can still be recruited yes. out of the portal. So teams are still obviously going to be uh, going after guys. LSU announced today on Friday the Omar Spates edition, and we're beyond the portal window. So uh, the action will continue, um, but I'll run them down in order. Um, this goes kind of position uh, offense to defense. Walker Howard, quarterbacks, going to Ole Miss. Jack Besh, wide receiver to TCU. Cole Taylor, the tight end to West Virginia. Cam Wire, offensive tackle to Tulane. Uh, Cardell Thomas entered uh, as a senior grad transfer, uh, but has not picked a school. Xavier Hill, who's a backup offensive lineman for him, to Memphis. Marcus Dumerville, another backup offensive lineman to Maryland. Uh, the two edge rushers I mentioned, Xavier Carter and Desmond Little, have not picked a new school uh, Philip Webb, who wasn't on roster this season, um, I think it seemed that they talked about medical issues had led to him yeah. leaving. It looks like he's going to get another shot. He's going to Jackson State. Uh, we talked about Lamar, DeMar- oh, linebacker, Demario Tolan to Auburn. Uh, a redshirt freshman linebacker, Colby Fields, who came in a year ago from South Carolina, uh, leaves. He's going to La Tech. Uh, Antoine Sampa, who, like Philip Webb, announced over the summer he was no longer on roster. He's going to Campbell. Demarius McGee, a backup corner, going to Kansas. Ray Darius Jones, a corner, going back home uh, to Mississippi, going to play at Mississippi State. Jalen Davis Robinson, also going back home, another corner. He's going to play at SMU. And last but certainly not least, our guy Derek Davis Jr., safety-turned running back, uh, is also going back home, uh, transferring to Pittsburgh. So a lot of guys, A, going back to where they're from, Mm -hmm. or B, just going to schools where they stepped down a level or a notch and know that there's more playing time for them. Yep. Uh, do you see one on the list that you're like, that's a, that's a good fit or it, like, and then I know this, people are like Jack Bash at TCU. Is he going to like carve out playing yeah, time and really be, be a guy there? It would have um, been interesting if Howard would have gone to TCU. Then we would have had a interesting Howard Bash connection potentially. Um, I do think Jalen Davis Robinson, you know, obviously it didn't work out there, but we heard, you know, he, was, he was looked, solid. Yeah, he looked good. He was solid. So I expect him to go to SMU and have a have a good time there. Um I want to see if Derek Davis is gonna play some. That's gonna be the interesting back. thing. That's gonna be the really interesting thing to see if Derek Davis does that. Also, I could see Xavier Carter and Desmond Little like going somewhere and contributing. Like I think they are capable. Like we watched them in fall camp and Little was either on the two deep or fighting to get in that two deep discussion of uh backup Jack uh behind BJ Ojalari. I think Little and Carter as two defensive ends could, wherever they end up, be um, be pretty solid players. Um, other than that, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, you uh, assume Cole, all these O-linemen are going to go somewhere yeah. like, and start. I mean, yes. that would be why they're leaving. So like a, and then, like, yeah, like Cole Taylor to West Virginia, I think, makes sense. Um, and you kind of 
go from there. I don't. Ray Darius Jones going to um, or was it McGee, McGee going to uh, Mississippi State? Uh, Ray Darius. Yeah, to Ray State. Darius going to State. Uh, we'll see. Um, State usually has pretty good DBs. I know they had they had one this past year. And he was out all season with an academic um, suspension, so he really hasn't played. Yeah, so we'll have to see. Since but, 2021. Yeah, those two, McGee and um, Ray Darius, will be interesting to see. Because they're yeah. going P5, so they'll have to, to crack crack a, the two deep there. I think, it's, for me, it's pretty clear. Demario Tolan going to Auburn is the one where you're like, all right, he's probably going to start, and yeah. then you're going to have to play him. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be the one. You're, whenever they play Auburn, it's uh, – heck, is Coy Moore still there? You could have Coy yeah. Moore and uh And I guess Mario Finley's Tolan still there. And Finley. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for them, but um, not yeah, that, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, not Spencer Sanders. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good rundown, though. That's honestly, like we said, that's really not a bad group. Leaving, like you look across country at uh, a lot of people. The rest of the P five team. You look at the SEC. Like we're talking about Mississippi State. I mean, there or there's a bunch of teams: Auburn, Mississippi State, A and M. Like just get crushed with it. LSU took one of it. Alabama best lost. Player. Alabama lost a good amount too, so it's a it's definitely an interesting situation. Safe to say that the eleven players they brought in from the portal outweigh the seventeen guys they lost. Oh yes, I mean they're getting a lot of starters out of this. There's no starters in this seventeen, at least not entering twenty three, unless Tolan was going to start. I mean, even if it was just Aaron Anderson and Denver Harris, I think it would. Those two right there outweigh yeah, it. Those way outweigh everything, um, really. Um, Moving forward, we already talked about it. I think they add another linebacker. Or I think they look to add another linebacker, I should say. I don't know if they will or not. I know that they're looking at O-line um, because they're going to have to go through spring ball with eight offensive linemen. That's not enough. That's because cool. That's very shallow. They have 12 total, which is enough, but isn't yeah. you know you still can't even fill out a three deep with that. Uh, but all four guys they signed out of high school don't get here until the summer. There were no early yeah, enrollees. that's interesting. So, uh, all eight, or I should say the eight offensive linemen, we'll see if they dip around there. Um, safety is one that they could keep an eye on. We know they're still looking at linebackers. Uh, a spot that's intriguing, and I think it might come as a surprise just to hear it because they signed three high school tight ends, but if a tight end with one year of eligibility remaining went in that was talented, I know that they would be all over him. That um, makes it, it Just to bridge that gap of like, okay, Mason Taylor and that guy, and then we can bring along Pimpton and McGohan and Markway and Right now, it's Mason Taylor and just those three. So, like, they have to be ready to play. And all three of those freshmen, I think, have question marks as if they can play immediately. In different little areas. In different right. ways, right? Obviously, Markway coming off the injuries. McGohan's pretty light. I mean, Pimpton's tall, kind of has. Pimpton and McGohan kind of go together in terms of they're going to have to round out their blocking ability, kind of figure out how they fit within the offense. Um, Mason Taylor, it took Mason Taylor, in my opinion, like five games to figure out how to block and kind of figure everything out. Um, I, there were highlights, there were clips in the first four games of the year where he was just missing blocks or right. just getting getting blown off the ball. It's kind of like, it takes time, so that's why it does make sense if you can go get a one-year guy to give Pimpton McGowan and Markway that time. Kind of like a Womack situation, right? Uh, they're all very, right. very talented. We think they're going to be really good players, but if you need to bridge the gap for a year, because I said it last podcast, like, expectations have now changed. The first year is the first year. Every year from here on out, this team will be competing to win a national championship. Like, that's going to be, obviously, the end goal. There's no more getting eight wins, right? Like, it's going to be, you're going to be top 10 in the preseason rankings, and you're going to try to compete to make the playoffs. Like, so with that in mind, 
It's not about like, oh, let's see if McGowan and Pimpton can do it. No, let's try to go get one guy that can fill that tight end position next to Mason Taylor and put us in a good spot there. Um, we'll wrap up this pod by playing a little game. We'll both answer it. Uh, okay. 11 transfers. I'll name them. You tell me if they start in week one. Okay, go ahead. There's only one on offense, Aaron Anderson, wide receiver. Um, and to give you guys the lay of the land, right now your top returning receivers would be Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Kyron Lacey, and then you've got guys like Chris Hilton, Landy Nibietta. Is Aaron Anderson bump out Lacey? Is I think Anderson starts in the slot position. And Malik and Brian Thomas starting as well? Yeah, on, on the boundaries, yeah. I'll agree. I think Aaron Anderson does start in week one. I also think he may be starting it as the yeah, return man. Turner, so. Yeah, return man. Uh, we'll see how that unfolds. But, okay, so they're one for one. They've got a starter already. We've only named one guy. Uh, D-end, Parrish Shand. And this is Ollie Gay's position. Um, Savion Jones played there in the bowl game when Ollie yep. Gay was uh, out, not playing in the bowl game. Uh, Quincy Wiggins is obviously going to be in his second year. Yeah. But then it's Parrish Shand. Um, and we'll see if they don't move some other guys around. But yeah. the Arizona D-end, does he start week one? I don't think so. No? I, don't, I think Jones and Wiggins are going to be battling for that spot for the most part, which I think is a really, really good um, DN spot. Okay. I'm with you. I think Savion Jones starts. Um, Jalen well, Lee, uh, defensive tackle, and Jordan Jefferson, defensive tackle. Two of them, both over 300 pounds. Do either of them start week one? Both are, Lee a little bit more so, but both are kind of the nose tackle types, which kind of fills the Roy slot, like what Jaquel and Roy right. was, which Wingo and Smith weren't as much of the zero technique nose. And Roy wasn't a natural nose. Yeah, he wasn't They didn't either. have any other options. Yeah, so they, but they were like, you're playing 700 snaps, and we don't have a choice. He led the nation yeah. uh, in defensive linemen and snaps. Exactly. So he was like, they didn't have an option there. Um, so I think they will play. I think, like I said before, I love Jordan Jefferson's tape. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think they start. I think Wingo and Smith start at D-tackle. Okay, so that would put the defensive line uh, with three guys hand in the dirt, Savion Jones, Makai Wingo, and Mason Smith, who's obviously a phenomenal player coming off injury. And then they use one stand-up jack, um, unless they've got multiple guys rushing with guys like Harold Perkins. But B.J. Ojolari played this position. He's gone. We've talked a lot about Deshaun Womack as a five-star, being the heir apparent at that position. But... Probably not trotting him out there against Florida State on tough. the first snap. Um, but he'll play. Who are you going with? I've got two options here. Braden Swinson out of Oregon or Ovia Gofu out of Texas. Who's going to start in week one? If they can if they can get Swinson up to speed, I think he has a higher potential. But I'm going to go Ovia Gofu. I just think that it's, he's – safe is, is the wrong word because safe has the context of him being, like, not good. I think he's good. But I think he's also the safe and the the high floor option there. I'll go the other way. I'll go Swinson okay. and think that because he is on, they all are. But these guys will be there for spring ball. You'd think Jamar Cain's put a lot of effort into getting them up to speed. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I think it could be close. It'll be a I good think battle. both those guys will play. I think Womack's going to play as well uh, at the jack spot. But I will go Braden Swinson. Um, linebacker. This is one we let off the podcast with. Uh, they sign. Uh, Omar Spates, they don't have many other options. Uh, right now, if you had to put two middle linebackers out there, you'd almost have to put Harold P- Perkins in that mix. Yeah. Um, thoughts? Spates. Putting, ooh, I, I agree. I think per, you have to just kind of put Perkins here just because you have to have him in the starting 11. 
uh, somewhere. So if we put Perkins there, it's either Penn or Spates. Spates has Spates is more um, accomplished to this no point doubt. in his career. I mean, that's that's for sure. I think Penn has the tools to do it. Um, just pencil and Spates for me. I'll pencil and Spates, and I won't be surprised if it's Spates and Penn, yeah. and that Perkins is kind of rovering around in whatever formation they go with. Because uh, yeah, they did go four three a bit last year too, even with all three linebackers starting: Penn, Baskerville, and uh, Perkins. Well, that's. Yeah, a guy with Spates is he started four straight years of football in the Pac-12. Uh, was all Pac-12 this year, so yeah, I do think he'll start Week One. Um, one of these, I think, is this is the easiest answer we'll have so far. Uh, Denver Harris at corner. He's my cornerback one. He's the best corner on the team. Yeah, he's my cornerback one. Uh, corner two. <laughs> now you've got some I, options here. You go first. I have. This is tough. This is going to be tough for me until like well, I see them. On the let's field. combine corner and nickel. Okay. Because I think the options, yeah, in terms of the transfers here are similar because there's guys who have versatility. You've got Zai Alexander from Southeastern, J.K. Johnson from Ohio State, and Deuce Chestnut at Syracuse. I think Chestnut's the best out of those three, and then I would have Zai Alexander, then J.K. Johnson would be my order. I'm not mad at that. Okay, I honestly, they, you could put them in any order, and I wouldn't be mad at Deuce is the. Deuce had a really, really good freshman sophomore year at Syracuse. Obviously, Alexander, the question is, coming from Southeastern, you know, taking that jump, I think he can. But he was a great Southland player. He was great. very good. Very, very good. And, and then he JK, had a bunch of big offers. And then J.K. Johnson is the highest rated of all of them, coming in as a top 50 player two years then ago. Got then got and hurt. Then kind of got his – I think he started some games this year, and then yeah. they went in a new direction. But uh, he's your speed guy, too. He can yes. turn and run. You've got Denver Harris penciled in. You've got seven Banks and LaTerrence Welsh coming back. Really, that hinges on if Banks is ever healthy and then how much Welsh jumps from yeah. year one on special teams to year two is actually playing. You would think bringing in all these transfers, they want them, like, it would be to start to play. To yeah. play. Um, I'll go Chestnut at the nickel. I agree. Just to, to pencil them in there. Um, it feels, I don't, yeah, it, it feels right. Um, 5'10", you know, or so. Very, very fast. Good ball skills. Um, plays a lot bigger than he is. Plays I mean. bigger than he is. He's definitely not scared of contact. Um, I have the opposite. I, I say the opposite about Zion Alexander. I think he needs to be more physical in a lot of situations. But Chestnut, um, while he's not big, he's not afraid of contact. Uh, the other cornerback spot, Alexander Johnson, is really tough. Um I'll go Johnson for now. Okay. I'll, I'll go, go Alexander because I just think he's played more. Yes. That he's may have a built-in advantage. It just has a lot of playing time already. But uh, Johnson's intriguing just because natural speed. He's young. We've seen a little bit of him at Ohio State, but not a ton. Um, but th- those are, that's the 11 guys we named. Again, 10 of them are on defense. So um, point being, more than half of them we said would start. That's a good yeah. That's the goal of the portal. Get some starters and build some depth, and uh, they've seemingly done that well. We also mentioned Deuce Chestnut playing nickel. They got into this groove of, like, Sage Ryan was playing nickel, or then Greg Brooks was playing nickel, obviously a ton. I feel like if Deuce Chestnut can play nickel, that allows the safety room to breathe a little bit yes, more. Because 100%. if you don't move Brooks back there, like if you kept Brooks at nickel, then Sage Ryan needs to move back because it would have to be playing safety. Him and Major Burns, those three are the only ones that have ever played. Like Jordan yeah. Allen hadn't played yet. 
Langwell was hurt all year. Yeah, Jordan Allen's a nickel. Dope. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, Kylan Jackson and Yates and Doherty and even Toviano and Stamps. And we'll see where Toviano and Stamps, if they do play corner, if they play safety, safety. which is kind of maybe their more natural spot, uh, how the depth works out. I just feel like you need you need one of these new guys who's coming in to step up at nickel yeah. to give you that trio at safety of Brooks, Burns, and Ryan. Yes. I think that's a really good point. That's a, Yeah, and that's why ideally you would have Chestnut in the nickel. Um, I'm still, I've said it before, I'm still high on Jordan Allen. I think uh, and he physically he's only he can do one it. Year yeah, so. only a one year. Um, but we'll see if he can continue to improve. Obviously, we'd love if Terrence Walsh continue to improve. I'm uh, not saying he needs to start, but uh, continue to show what he can do moving forward. Um, but yeah, a lot of starters in that group. I will say that one thing, and I've, talked about this last offseason it was a multi-year rebuild at corner not just one year not two it was going to take a few classes to get this right yeah what they did last year was they took all grad transfers basically and then guys like Makai Garner were draft eligible and played so well that they went pro yeah this year they took a lot of guys who were younger like Denver Harris is a freshman Zai Alexander obviously has a few years of playing time at Southeastern J.K. Johnson was in his second year. Deuce Chestnut in his second year. J.K. had already taken a red shirt. So it feels like there's a chance that some of these guys will be here beyond just this season, which was not the case a year ago. Exactly. And that's why if they did want to play Ashton Stamps and uh, Javon Toviano at corner, there's not pressure on those guys to immediately be ready. Because I don't think that would be realistic, obviously. Like, to have them move from safety to corner – um, not saying they can't play corner because I'm sure they, they did at, in camps and whatnot, but they're going to need some time. If the actual goal is to play them at corner, they need a year of development there because they have the physical tools we've talked about before. Stamps and Tobiano were both pretty high on, um, but expecting them to come in and be able to play corner, even as the second string, I think would be asking a ton. Right. Well, that um, about wraps up the pod. Again, 11 transfer portal additions, the most recent being Omar Spates out of Oregon State, um, coming in as a grad transfer, uh, fifth-year guy. Yep. But solid haul. And they have, again, they're still under 80 total scholarships. So at least five likely more scholarships to go. That gives you a good amount of wiggle room. Yep. I get the feeling they are not done. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, post on our board all of the, how they're going to get a tight end, a linebacker, a safety, O-lineman. O-line, all of them. Well, uh, we should mention, too, we saw Billy posted today, um, Miami, a center uh, from Miami, went into the transfer yes. portal. Uh, his name is Ja'Kai Clark. Uh, Billy talked to Ja'Kai, said he got an LSU offer last night. Yeah. Uh, but Billy also said that uh, SMU is heavy there. Obviously, mm. Billy's got some SMU knowledge uh, and said the whole former offensive staff uh, is now at SMU. Uh, he'll visit there in March. He can't go anywhere until the summer anyways. But this is the second time we've seen them go after a center. Yes. Um, and, look, Charles Turner won the job, started all the games after they had, like, the Dellinger experiment, experiment there. And then when they released the SWAT teams, Charles Turner was on it. So And they, what they, they gave love him, Charles Turner. They gave him most improved player yeah. at they the love uh, banquet. So. They love him so much they're recruiting other centers. It's, it's wild. It's just, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Is that, that the nature of the beast? It is. I mean, he is clearly limited in some aspects, which we knew going into it. But ultimately, he's a great communicator. He doesn't mess up on snaps. I mean, the whole year he was clean. And uh, while he's physically not at the level of a guy like Garrett Dellinger, he does check all the other boxes pretty much. So 
we'll see what they do on the O-line. But Billy will be plugged in for that uh, Ja'Kai Clark um, recruitment, I promise you. Yeah, we'll see if they actually turn up the heat yeah. there. Kind One of way or the other. What happens. Yeah, he'll be on it. Um, but all right, that's all we got. We hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe if you have not already. We appreciate all the support as we continue to grow the YouTube side of things, um, as well on, on the podcast side with Spotify and Apple. If you're listening there, leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe to the Bengal Tiger on three. You can get all of our inside analysis, scoops, all that good stuff. Uh, we're on there all day, every day, um, a lot. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back um, next week with Mailbag on Monday. Yep. And we'll see you all then.